This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction recovery specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. How are you doing today, Dr. Lakin? Good, Cashley. Hey, I thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. We've got a good story today. Cashley has agreed to come tell people his story um, of battling addiction and, and, and how he has overcome it and, and those words of advice that can only come from somebody that's been through the transition and been there. And so, Cashley, you've got a great story to tell. And, and I appreciate you so much coming down to tell us your story because stories are powerful. But yeah, tell, tell us how, how, how the addiction first got started. Well, my addiction first got started when I was a young man, about 17 years old, and uh, running the streets. And, being with the older guys that I know I wasn't supposed to be with, but they had nice things that I didn't have, and I was trying to figure out how to get them. And my father worked every day, and he would support my family. So uh, I, got, you know, I got in the streets. Well, the guys that I selected to be my friends, well, really, they weren't my friends before as I got along and got older and learned about them. Uh, they uh, taught me about smoking weed, uh, drinking beer, or drinking wine, and I didn't like those things because uh, wine and beer and stuff like that made me dizzy, and I didn't, always made me sleepy, so I didn't like things that made me do like that, just fall asleep all the time. So as I got older, I started getting in trouble with the law. So, right. so when you're in your, you don't have any life experiences when you're a teenager, but the, the guys that you looked up to or the guys that you followed in the streets of Kansas City, yes. those are probably the guys that uh, you thought had, had it going girls, on. Huh? Yeah, had yeah. all the girls and had all the cars. And, uh, that, kind of, that fascinated me. So uh, as time progressed, uh, I ran across this, this girl named happened to be a prostitute. And at the time, I didn't know it. Uh, she would always uh, tell me to come to the back room where she was at, but she was staying with her brother. And I'd always see uh, taking this syringe and putting uh, this, that I found out later on was heroin, you know, and I was wondering about this dope that I kept seeing her shooting it on. Uh, and how old were you? So how old were you now? At this time, now I'm 67 years old, but then I was 21, yeah. 22 years old, and uh, fascinated me, and bought me clothes, and gave me money, and made me feel like a man, and everybody was talking about me because I had a prostitute, you know, when you got a in the streets, you know. Uh, but you felt like a kept man. Yeah, huh? yeah, I felt I'm, like I was a, a real uh, uh, up and, and, and slick guy, that's yeah. why I put it like that. So as time went on, I used to see shooting this dope, and I always was curious about it. So one day she told me, uh, baby, you want to try this with me tonight? And so me, uh, yeah, I tried, you know, trying to be tough. You know, I tried to be a man in her eyes. She was 33, though. Let me tell you this. She was 33. I was, I was, 31, I was 21. So she was a 20, it was a 12-year difference in our relationship. But she liked the okay ass girls. I, you know, I had a little pretty eyes and whatever the girls like, they said I was a good little man at the time. So, uh, I stuck this syringe in my arm, and that just really made me feel a feeling that I never experienced in my life, where that I would 
be in a calm mode, but alert of everything. So the more that I kept liking it, the more she kept giving it to me. And as time goes on, I realized two or three days later, when I couldn't get it, uh, I started feeling sick and feeling uncomfortable with myself. So she told me that I probably got a habit now, so uh, you know, I'm gonna have to get out here and get it for you, cash a little bit harder, cause uh, I don't want you to, you know, be sick. So as time went on, life kept progressing with me. I got a car, got a Cadillac, and uh, we start staying in motels and living the life. I started messing with this hell up. So how? So you had to become a dealer then, didn't you? Uh, later on, later on. It, it progressed to that, but as I was growing up, you know, still learning the ropes about drugs, you know, you're always going to get beat and, and mess over the first two or three times, and that went along with this heroin habits that I had finally uh, introduced to. So, uh, as times went on, I uh, ended up going to jail, and was sick in jail, and they were going to try to help me, you know, they looked at me as a uh, a nobody, a, you know, a, a, a junkie. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what they call it back then. So I uh, got out of that life, you know, got, got back home, went home, stayed with my mom. She was upset with me because of that. I still was chip, chipping, that's what you call it, chipping when you sneak and do it and, and you try to let everybody don't think that you know what you're doing, getting high, but she, she catches me live in the chair mm -hmm. and wake me up and, and, and being mad at me and disappointed me. You know, I was disappointed to my mom. So as my life got harder, I started going to jail more. You know, so I got tired of living this kind of life. And I realized using drugs, if you ain't tired of doing it, you'll just keep doing it. But yeah. you got to be tired of living that kind of life. And I could go on and on and tell people about that, but you know, some people listen and, and they're going one way about the other, but I got tired of going to jail and disappoint my family and my father died and my mother died as I got older, you know, and I'm still messing with drugs and going to jail. I just decided in my life as I got older, in my 40s then, uh, I'm going to try to stop or I'm going to try to sell these drugs. So, so you really, the, the first time you shot up, you knew... You never felt anything like this. So never you felt nothing like that before in my life, yeah. and it made me feel real, really good inside. Feeling that uh, I can tell you, like I can give you an example, like like you sitting on a cloud and just floating. Mm -hmm. Okay, and not a care in the world. Not a care in the world. Don't have no pain. Don't have no, you know, it's nothing like if you smoke cigarettes. Cigarettes taste good and not, and you know, you feeling your body feeling good. But it's, a, but it's the devil, you know, because the more you use, the worse you got. The more you got sick, the worse you got when you didn't have it, you know, and I just got tired of living like and that. It's an expensive habit. What were you spending in a day? Oh, yeah. two or $300 a day. Had to have it, you know. Yeah. Uh, me and Bonnie got in trouble several times, arguing, going to jail, fighting, because she had the money and, you know, all the little different things of the street life. But as I got older, you know, like I say, you have to be tired. If you're not tired, you'll keep coming back and keep coming back. And you get old like me, getting old. I'm 67 now. 
But it took you 20 years to just get like, years tired just enough. Get, get tired of yeah. people looking at me and trusting me and I disappoint you. And then when you disappoint people, when you go to jail, it really makes you find out who really loves you in your life. Because don't nobody be there but family. And then family gets tired because you didn't cheated them and disappointed them so much that they uh, don't have no trust in you. So, missing drugs is not a good thing, but I understand the way that the world is now that people have problems, but don't get addicted to it because it will really change your life, your love, your feelings about other people. It's a bad thing, but like I said, I got tired of living like that. And I got with a counselor that I got right now. His name is Larry Smith. That really knows how to talk to me and punch me in the right direction. And I really feel good about this clinic that I'm going to now. I've been here for about three years now. And I really, I'm proud of myself. You know, I'm proud of, uh, I can talk to him about anything. You know, he doesn't know. Uh, yeah, Larry, Larry's amazing. He doesn't uh, Make you feel bad. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't judge. He doesn't judge you. Know, no. He's just a good guy, you know. But you have to have it in your mind, in your heart, to be tired. And that's the only key thing that I can tell anybody that wants to listen about changing their life. You have to be tired of living like that because it's a terrible world that you live in. Uh, when you're lying and cheating and beating people that you really care about, but don't care the drugs got you where you don't care, you know. Just gotta have it, and it's not good for anybody. And then when you're using drugs, you never find out about your health. See, as I got older, I never thought about my my uh, my uh, liver. Mm -hmm. I had uh, hepatitis, hepatitis C. Yeah. I didn't know that. You know, I had high blood pressure. I didn't know that. The heroin hid all those things for me until I got here to the clinic and they gave me tests and I found out that I had those some bad problems and I took the medicine and I don't have it anymore, thank God. But well done. if it, if it yeah. wasn't for me coming here, I probably would have died, you know, because the, the, the drugs hide the pain. Yeah. And, uh, well, I've, I've had people come in thinking they're in withdrawals and it turns out their blood sugars are 400, yeah, they didn't yeah, even know yeah, they were diabetic yeah, or, yeah. Or, or they, you know, had Kidney infections or all, all kinds yeah. of different things. Yeah. That, but the drugs hide it. Yeah. yeah. They hide it. And I just thank God that somebody's here to, to help me. You know, don't judge me, just accept me as I am. But you have to be tired. That's the key to it. You and then what, what was it that Larry said to you? Um, like you said, he's, he's never, I mean, Larry's overcome a lot too, Lord knows. But what was it that really resonated or connected with you that, that, that you and Larry um, shared, perhaps? Uh, Larry used to always say, uh, just don't worry about it, Cass. Just be yourself and, and, and hold your head up. You know, don't want to look down on yourself because there's a lot of people worse than you. There's a lot of people worse than, than me. You know, and Larry's in a wheelchair. So he really understands the disappointment, the hurt, the pain, and, and people you know, messing over you that when you try to uh, do right. So, you know, I guess we connect because of, uh, I lost my mom and my father.
while I've been here. I lost my sister not too long ago. There's Crohn's virus that's out here. Mm-hmm. About two weeks ago, I lost my sister. You know, and uh, he was there for me. You know, he mm-hmm. held my head up. You know, I didn't cry to be truthful with anybody. I must know I cried for, you know, uh, about losing my sister. I've never thought that I'd, you know, have those kind of feelings, but, you know, Missing her and the drugs, missing the times that I could have had with my sister. The drugs kept us apart because she was a good girl and never did anything wrong, but she still loved her brother. And I got one sister left, and one thing she told me that really made me feel good after all my parents, after all my brothers and sisters died, it's only just me and Brenda now. And she said, uh, I said, uh, Brenda, I'm glad you, uh, I'm, no, she said, Junior. I'm glad you're the one that's here with me. You know, like all my brothers and sisters, she told me she's glad that I'm here. You know, that really touched me, you know, for my sisters to tell me that. Because I always thought that I was a bad sheep. But she said, Junior, I'm glad you're here. You know, and that really uh, brought tears to my eyes because I've always been a bad guy in my family. You know, so I'm talking to him, getting kind of weak now, I'm kind of tearing up now, just thinking about it because my life wasn't good. You know, drugs really. Took me to bad places, you know, but I thank God for the people that care about me. I really do. Well, and so between Larry and you realizing that you're worth it and that you're building up your self esteem and thinking about your future and the future rather than just dwelling on the past, I mean, you've, you've made a, I mean, you're doing great. You're well, you great. know, like, uh, the things that's going on in the world right now, the coronavirus and uh, people learning about getting along with other people, this uh, racial discrimination thing that's going on, you know, you really don't know. Because people are, are being confused and, and, and this virus got people where they don't wear masks and some say wear masks, some don't say wear masks, you know. And life is too precious now. And plus, Problems that I already got, and then you got to worry about uh, does this person have this uh, virus, or does this person can I have to stay in the house? And you know, it's it's kind of rough. But yeah, I thank God that I got to people that uh, have really looked down, had it, had my back. So uh, yeah, and a lot of people. I mean, you know, certainly COVID nineteen's on everybody's mind, and you know, um, Black Lives Matter and protests and all that stuff. And yet, opioid addiction hasn't gone away. If anything, it's gotten worse. It got worse. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I, I feel like addiction has taken a back seat. It's killed more people and will continue to kill more people than than COVID ever will. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I know it's not on people's mind as much as it used to be. But I, I'm, you know, I'm certainly impressed with your story and the fact that it's never too late. And you, you. You and your sister, I mean, you've made her proud, and you are helping others. You know, I, I looked uh, Dr. Lincoln, and I, and I was thinking about this this drug, this uh, mm-hmm. opiate, these, these, these poppy seeds. And uh, when I read, you know, because I like to read now, and, and, and I ask questions and, and want to know, this, this, this plant was on this earth before the coming of Christ. So it was here for the purpose of healing people. You know, when the wars was going on, they used this morphine to uh, stop the pain. 
but people took it and did did other things with it and made it uh, a, a different drug out of it. it. You know, it was just to help the soldiers when the war was going on. You know, uh, they fighting over in Afghanistan behind this, and that's the biggest thing is the is the opiate uh, going on. People get rich. You no, know, no. Uh, it's really bad. You know, and you got to understand. Like I said, I'm tired, so. You know, I look at things and read about why this is like this and why people, you know, you got to understand how this all come about, you know, that's where I am, you know, because I really had to destroy my life one time, but I just got tired. Right. Yeah. So I understand, and then this coronavirus, like I said, is out here, you know, people are trying to, finally trying to live together, you know, and get along, you know, so. I'm just happy to be here because uh, I really didn't think I'd be here this long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's life like on the other side? I mean, I, I know you're helping people, and I appreciate so much you telling your story. I mean, there's there's no other reason other than to be able to give people hope, you know, mm -hmm. and let them know that, that you can still do it, that it doesn't matter whether it's 20 years into this or, or longer. Yeah. Um, you, can get, you can get through this. But my key is just being tired, not tired. You keep lying to yourself and cheating yourself and disappointing people and mm -hmm. you'll be back in jail and you know, looking through the bars and wondering why am I going to get a letter? Can I get some commissary? You know, all that stuff, you know, you can burn bridges and ain't nobody going to trust you no more. So if you're not tired, I feel sorry for you. You need some help. So your, your perception actually changed from associating you know, heroin as an escape or euphoria, you finally realized that, like you said, it's it's the devil. It's the devil. And, and that, that it is truly, you've associated with heroin with a lot of the misery, a lot of the self-destructive behavior, a lot of the lifestyle. Disappointment. Yeah. 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 It really took me for a whirlwind. Every day, like they said, one day at a time, you know, because I understand all the pressures in the world today, and I know people can't get weak, but don't get weak for that. No, I worry about anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety is, is fear that, that you can't control, and anxiety's certainly gone up from, socially it's gone up, and so many people are turning back to the old way, relapsing, or or trying to escape through some other means, and so uh, it's certainly important. Uh, mm -hmm. Your message is, is more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. And just this is just for my own curiosity. Whatever happened? Yeah, changed your life. Became director of a in Kansas, Missouri, and became the director. Uh, got an ambassador degree, and she's doing well. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. I thought you were going to tell me that she. Overdosed and died. No, she didn't die. She's no. still alive and kicking. Yep. And she's a director of mm -hmm. in Kansas, Missouri. I'm proud of her. That is she amazing. Her life. Well, good. Well, maybe we'll get here in the seat one day. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that myself. I really enjoy seeing her because yeah. she was she has strong will. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Well, good. Well, thank you, Cashley. I appreciate you, you sharing your story with us. And yeah. I know that other people. We'll, we'll watch this and, and if, if not be motivated, at least 
be inspired to, to go make a change or, or to realize that, you know, now's the time. Yeah, these, these places do help. They really do. They really help you. You know, if you want help. If you don't want no help, then I can understand it. But if you come and, and surrender your life, you know, and, and, and one more thing. God is the way. You got to love the Lord. You got to have him in your life. If you don't have him in your life, you know, you know, it's a lot of things you need to do. But keep God in your life. Keep him in your prayers. You know, he will help. He was in your heart. Well, perfect God. I think that's true too. And then you and I were talking about how sometimes males, it's they wait, they wait longer than they should before they see. Yeah, you. they let so, pride bring shame. Yeah, yeah, they be too proud if they uh, don't think that they can cry or humble down. It's not, it's not a bad thing to do that. It's not a bad thing. People, I know people look up to you when you humble yourself down. Yeah, it's okay to ask for help. Yes, it's okay it's, not it's, to. It's, it's always be macho. Yeah, yeah. And and it does seem like women, it's easier for them to come in and ask for help. I'm sure there's exceptions to this, but but women will come in and ask for help sooner. Guys wait till it gets really bad, or they lose everything, or mm-hmm. I worry that maybe they don't get help, and they, you know, there's with all the fentanyl out there now, and the press pills that. You know, look like oxycodone. I mean, you know, yeah, take a chance with your life. There's a reason why there's more overdose deaths in males than yes. females. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, again, Kashi, thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate it. We'll I appreciate you telling my story. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.